Welcome back to the Weekend Review on our second to last, I mean, I can't believe, second to last week of the fall quarter. It has gone by so quick, and we are rapidly approaching the holiday bonanza. But before we jump in and talk about our study, The Intersect, this week, a couple things I want to remind you of, a couple announcements. First of all, we have our women's tea coming up this weekend. Uh, Hopefully, all your ladies had a chance to sign up for that. I know there was only a few tickets uh, left this last weekend, uh, but they're going to have a great time this weekend. Secondly is we are coming to the end of our Christmas giving season, even though we are a few weeks away from Christmas itself. Uh, but we should have already got all the giving tree stuff in this weekend. If you haven't got your giving tree stuff in, now is the time. Literally today, while you're listening to this podcast, hopefully on Tuesday, you can bring it by the church, drop it off. But we do have another week or so left for our um, Operation Christmas Child Christmas boxes, the, the fun of being able to give a gift around the world. And we want you to bring those back uh, next week, this weekend on our weekend services. You can check our website to see all the details for that as well. Uh, that being said, this is your official reminder that this is our second to last week, which means that you and your, your leadership team should be thinking about what you're doing next week um, because next week's our last week. So you need to be kind of getting your details put together, figuring out what we want to do and how we want to do those groups. So what I would suggest is, is you end um, with some type of meal or end with a, a way to kind of put a period on the, on the semester. And also a lot of you uh, are thinking about ways to gather together at least one time over our long winter break, because uh, we are going to take a break from next, not next week, but yeah, the next week, all the way through the second week of January. So this is a long break. The entire month of December, it's like six or seven weeks, something like that. And so we want to make sure that we are, our groups are prepared for that. So I would suggest having something fun next week, along with maybe the Intersect or whatnot. But then also, a lot of us try to plan a, at least one type, one kind of gathering across the long winter break, whether that's you're all going to show up on, on service on Saturday night uh, and go out to dinner afterwards, or maybe you're going to gather together for a friend's Thanksgiving or a friend's Christmas party or something like that in your small group. But make sure you have a plan for your winter break that includes like, okay, text messages or emails or however you guys connect with each other, prayer requests that can go back and forth while you're on break. And if the groups we see do this and do this well, always seem to jump back in, in the winter quarter in, um, much easier, and they just have a better time getting back in the group. Um, so make sure we do that, and make sure you have a plan. Uh, also know this, um, if you're a rookie leader, or you maybe you've forgotten you're a longtime leader, uh, Beth and I try to get together with each and every single one of you over our break. What that would mean is, is for some of you, it would be individual meetings, maybe with you and your spouse. But for most of us, that means we're going to try to get your small group leadership team you know, you, your co-leaders, and possibly even your host together over the break, just to kind of check in, uh, ask you guys some questions, see what we can be doing to help you along the way. Also, if we need to make any mid-course corrections, if we need to add some people to your group, uh, possibly coming up in the, into the winter quarter or, or whatnot. Uh, so you will be hearing from Beth and I in the next couple of weeks to set up those times where we're going to be meeting with you. Uh, please respond back. It's always helpful when you guys respond back quickly and let us know when you can meet, when you can't meet, because we are trying to schedule there's a hundred of you and there's only two of us. So we're trying to get all that done uh, quickly. With that being said, let's jump right into the intersect. Uh, like I said, I'm going to try to make this quick. Uh, it's a pretty straightforward intersect this week. We are uh, discussing how and 
we can possibly come to see him better. I mean, this idea, the fact that we, we see things dimly now, but at one point we will see things really, really clear. But how can we come to know Jesus more, see him clearer? And so the Interstack straightforward. Actually, Steve did, some, did us a favor this week. He uh, kind of gave us some added notes on our on our intersect, and so everyone in your small groups kind of has Steve's encouragement. Most of them are in bold, and I think that's going to really help us. Uh, the first question is always the same. You know, we we should walk through that question, see if there's any questions or concerns, comments, disagreements um, coming off the message. But after we get through that, uh, the first question he asks is, "How have you how have you changed your mind about something you used to be convinced about?" I think this could be a really really fun question. That question number two. Um, to ask inside of your small group. So how has your mind been changed? And let's be honest, we've all had our minds changed about something where, you know, some of us used to not like pineapple on our pizza. And, you know, now we're like, no way, man, the Hawaiian pizza is the best. And if you think that you are correct, it is the best. Um, but also not just on trivial things like pizza toppings, but we've hopefully had our minds convinced on, on one thing or another across uh, our, our life of faith. One of the biggest things that I've had my mind changed on is uh, my thinking on baptism. I was raised in a, in a church community that practiced covenantal baptisms, which is uh, infant baptisms. We sprinkled our babies and we were living underneath the covenant that God has given us. And there's a whole group of uh, Christians, Jesus-following Christians, that hold tightly to that train of thought. But as I went to Bible college and as I grew in my understanding of the New Testament and all that's there, I found my mind being changed into baptism, into uh, believer baptism rather, and uh, hold tightly to that now. Just how my mind over time and how my view over time rather has been changed because of that. I'd love to hear more of those stories in small groups. So you as a leader, think of one before you go in and maybe see what happens after that. I also like to say if somebody has never had their mind changed, maybe they've only been one train of thought their entire life. We should challenge them. You know, Steve mentioned this week and get outside their echo chambers, get inside to be able to maybe see where God wants to stretch them and grow them. After you kind of get to that icebreaker question, which is a really good one this week, we're going to go into the the passages. And this is where I want us to spend most of our time this week because I think there's a lot of good stuff in here looking at, you know, what are these things or what are some things that these passages have to say about seeing things more clearly um, I think the Psalms 119 passage is the shortest of the bunch. It's it's really, really straightforward. But Psalms 119 verse 18 is a great prayer. Open my eyes, Lord. Open my eyes with my heart. So, you know, maybe even the recognition of this fact that inside that verse that it's God who opens our eyes. You know, Steve mentioned that this weekend. It's it's God who's going to have to give us clear sight. There's definitely things that we can do. There's definitely things we can put in place to make sure that we have a clear understanding of who he is. But we need to ask God for that favor on upon our lives. After that, we're going to go into that John passage. And really, you guys can break these things up any way you want. You can pick and choose uh, one, three, or all four. Um, but the John's passage is a really, really good story. And I think that we can kind of read through. Uh, I know that Steve mentioned in there that possibly reading, you know, basically the entire chapter nine in John would be a good, kind of a good starting point. But this idea that um, Jesus is healing this blind man is the setup for the story. And and I think I think we see inside the verses is is that we don't know everything. The thing that sticks out to us in the in the I guess verse thirty five through forty one is is we better make sure that we understand that we don't know everything. There's things that are outside of our scope and understanding. There's things that are way too big for us to completely know. And what we should do is when we come to this understanding, it should keep us humble. But also we need to understand what the passage points us to is that we know enough. Is that 
God has revealed himself through creation. He's revealed himself through his word. And because he's revealed himself, we are accountable to what he has revealed. And so those are two things we should look at there. We should be humble because we don't know everything, but we are also accountable because we know enough. Uh, the Second Kings passage is another great one. I think that there's a broader story that is there that you guys can continue to read through that's there. But really, if you key in on just verses 13 through 17, you, uh, there's some great truths that are in there for us. And we finish it out with that Ephesians passage. And the Ephesians passage is actually a prayer that Steve um, used in his sermon this weekend. It's one of Paul's prayers. It's a great prayer to pray over your, your kids. It's a great prayer to pray over the people you work with, um, people inside of your small group. But where I want to challenge us with this prayer in Ephesians, and this could be a good little breakout that you do inside of your small group, is don't just pray the words of Paul, but how could you use the words of Paul to model a prayer or to model how you're going to shape a prayer. So reword it, put it very, very specifically, but use the model, how he kind of steps through and what, the, what he asks for, how he praises God, how he petitions things uh, to God, and then kind of use that as a map for prayer yourself. And then last, we come to the application question. And what Steve really is, this is a broad question of just like, okay, well, what can we do to increase our sight? And so I would, I would encourage your group to look back across these verses. What do these verses encourage us to do? What's one thing that these verses encourage us to do to apply to our life this week? Mark it, put it down, make sure your group knows what's happening next week as it's our last week, and enjoy your guys' time in small groups. Thank you guys so much.